Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? This week we played Chippendale Rescue Rangers for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Rescue Rangers is the tale of one lovable house cat's quest to do everything in his power to rid the neighborhood of four filthy rodents. Wow. That was um, surprisingly... I feel like I've, I have cringed less at that intro than any of them. <laughs> it's kind of weird. You think about it. Like Normally, you think of <laughs> the cat getting rid of the like disgusting mice and rats and stuff you'd think that the cat was the good guy but for some reason disney flipped the script it's like with tom and jerry like tom's just trying to do his job just trying to help out his family but everybody's rooting for jerry i don't i don't get what it is that makes people in cartoons root for the gross vermin that are probably full of the plague and uh for some reason we we root for them now Cats aren't necessarily, uh, I feel like cats get painted as villains, uh, quite a lot in uh, cartoons. Yeah. Even if the cat isn't the villain, like they're the, the, the pet of the villain. I'm thinking of like Inspector yeah. Gadget. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. The, the villain. I, w- I don't even know what the villain's name is, but I remember him petting that like creepy cat. Isn't it like Mr. X or something? Uh, you could really say anything and I'd be like, yeah, that ma- that sounds good. <laughs> Isn't it Dr. Wiley? I liked, uh, no, it wasn't Dr. Wiley. I liked Inspector Gadget, but I can't say that I was super invested into the lore. Wow. Maybe you should revisit it. You probably would get super invested in the lore these days since you seem to get invested yeah. in the lore of every single video game that we play. Why is there no Inspector Gadget video game? Like, it seems like that was a big missed opportunity. There could be lots of opportunities for hijinks there. I feel like there is. An Inspector Gadget video game. I don't know what platform it's for, though. It's a good point. I guess everything that could have been licensed was licensed in the 90s, but I don't remember that <laughs> one. That one did not make a mark on uh, on my brain. Everything that could be licensed in the 90s was licensed in the 90s and also <laughs> in the last 10 years as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, we got, we got like a... I think it might have been early 2000s, a live action Inspector Gadget movie. And now I just saw on the Disney investor call last week that they announced a live action Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, somebody was talking about that on Discord. And I was like, I need to look into this because uh, I'm an old Chip and Dale fan. Um, yeah. So I, I'm intrigued, but I heard they canceled DuckTales as well. The new DuckTales, which I heard was actually pretty good. Uh, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> uh, also, Jordan, things that have been licensed recently. Uh, we got Surge back from the 90s. and uh, Surge also- like the, the drink? The yes. Mountain Dew knockoff? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Brought that back. I guess also- we... we- Needed that again? Yeah, of course we did. Nostalgia, man. We also got that um, Legends of the Hidden Temple movie that I haven't seen yet. Wait, 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 wait. They turned Legends of the Hidden Temple into a movie? Yeah. <laughs> it was a game show. Well, Oh, why? did they pull like a Jumanji kind of thing? 
may I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, I've been. Uh, that's, a, that's a weird choice. I've been watching Nick Arcade lately on Amazon. Yeah, and uh, you can't get Legends of the Hidden Temple in North America on Amazon. The only thing that comes up, I think, is the movie. So that's um, weird. Yeah. See, yeah. personally, I'm holding out for the Global Guts movie where they uh, go up to Astro Craig and or Agro Craig. What was Ag- it? Agro Craig, Agro? Jordan. Agro. The Agro Craig. Yeah, that's a movie that I would watch. Kind of make it like Everest and just see who can make it to the top. <laughs> make it like a drama. Really tar- tug at your heartstrings. Oh man, I used to love that show. You get to the top of Mount Everest and you get nothing. You get a selfie, but if you get to the top of Agro Craig, you get to take of a piece of it home. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> this is what happens. You talk about a, a video game based on a TV show from our childhood, and all of a sudden we have to talk about every single Nickelodeon and Disney cartoon that ever existed. <laughs> Chippendale Rescue Rangers is a side floor scrolling puzzle platformer. What do you even call this game? What kind of game is this? Uh, it's a puzzle platformer, um, kind of like the uh, kind of like the Portal series. Um, <laughs> kind of like the Portal series, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> totally see it. Um, it that was not my experience with it. It was a platformer. It's a platformer. And there were some puzzles, <laughs> but I don't think I know what the definition of puzzle platformer is. So you probably can't call it that. Uh, I'm probably wrong in calling it that. <laughs> I think at this point, it's probably for the best if we just jump in and start talking about this game. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, an interesting thing here for my number one thing of what I think this game did well and that this is the rare beatable NES game. You don't really need save states or rewind or cheats or anything. Like I, I, I feel pretty good about saying that pretty much anybody could pick up this game and with just a little bit of time with it could actually beat this game. It's interesting that you say that. It does kind of play into one of my points, which I have that I feel like by today's standards, the difficulty feels pretty balanced and the game doesn't ever feel impossibly hard. Yeah. Now, part of me wants to say that the game is easy, but it, so I've been playing this game basically since I was a kid. Um, I don't know how old I was when I got it, but I've been playing it my whole life. And whenever I played this game with somebody else, it always seemed like the co-op partner was having a bit of a hard time with it. Um, And I don't know if I've just played it so much that I don't have much of a hard time with it or if it's a legitimately easy game. Um, I think you did have a little bit, because we played this together back when we did our uh, Desert Island NES list. Um, We didn't play it in co-op today, but we played it in co-op back then. And I seem to remember having a somewhat similar experience where I didn't uh, 
where it seemed like you were having a little bit of a harder time with it than I was. Um, I think the problem when we played this before was that you know how to do everything and you knew where everything was. And so you just flew through the level and did everything. And I just like tried to keep up. And then when I played it by myself this time, I, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, Dan, but I had more fun this time because I had to figure it all out myself rather than, like, <laughs> I don't know, just watching you play the game and me try not to fall in a hole. It's like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. It's just more fun with not your friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the point I was making was I don't know if this game is easy or not. And so I definitely agree with you that it is a beatable NES game, which is... It does feel rare. I feel like this game, one of the things that makes it actually hold up well today is the fact that it doesn't feel like it has so many of those uh, those classic tropes of NES games where it's just like, hey, we killed you just to artificially extend the length of the game. Surprise. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that fun? See, I'm I'm bad at platformers, and I'm exceptionally bad at retro platformers, and I did not really struggle with this game. I the first time I played through, I died about I think like one or two levels right before the end, and then on my second playthrough, I didn't waste all my lives at the beginning trying to figure out how to play the game, and I blew right through it, beat it second try, and I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time with it. This is uh this is one of my favorite NES games. Um, which I'm trying to think I was trying to take off my nostalgia glasses thinking about this one and I'm like if I'd never played this before would it be one of my favorite NES games and I'm kind of having a little bit of a hard time with that um, because it is one of those games that I've been playing probably every few years for my most of my life so I don't know what to do with that it always makes it hard when it's a game that you have personal history with, but I don't really have any personal history with this game, and uh, it would be up there on my list simply because, like I said, it's one of the few games that I'm actually capable of beating. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the things that I have that the game does well is uh, it, it has branching paths. Um, it's not the longest game that I've ever played. <laughs> But uh, it does have some replay value to it because it lets you skip certain levels um, in the same way, kind of like Mario 3 has the whistles where you don't have to play every level. And so when you go back to it, you can like have a bit of a different experience. And that's that's what you get a little bit of here. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, this isn't quite to the same extent as Mario where you're skipping entire worlds. I think you can skip like two or three levels. But it is nice, and I also put down the branching pass because that adds to the replayability of this game. When I played through it the second time, I was able to go a different way and play two levels that I had skipped the time before, and uh, it was nice. And it's good to have that because you're right, the game is short, which brings us to this week's sponsor, Dan, and this week's episode is brought to you by the Clock App. The Clock <laughs> App is a great app, and it's I used it this week to, to time myself while playing through this game, and it took me about an hour to beat this game. So if you don't have the Clock App, you're missing out on... Uh, time, <laughs> alarms, stopwatch, uh, timer, really all the things that you need. Download the <laughs> clock app at the app store. Use our code notes app. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not it's not a long game, but I think there are three levels out of I don't even remember how many. What is it? It goes up to J, I think is the last level. So it's like zone it's like zone zero and then A through J. So eleven. Um, you got eleven levels there. Yeah. So I mean you can make a an eight level playthrough of Rescue Rangers, which is what I did. Um, cause I was in a bit of a hurry, but you can play 11 levels, which is, uh, which is nice if you want. It, it is nice. It, you know, in the game short, but you have that option if you want to go and play a few more levels. I feel like too, it does make, it makes the game a little bit more interesting. The length is, man, I'm kind of of two minds about the length of this game because on the one hand part of the reason I enjoy going back to it is because you can get in and out pretty quick um, and you can have those branching paths but at the same time it's just not there's not a lot there you know when you talk about something like Mario 3 you know we mentioned skipping the world it's like it's not even I mean there's probably as many levels in a Mario 3 world as there are in this entire game almost. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about the length, what where that falls for me. Yeah. I mean on one hand you get less gameplay. On the other hand, you are able to just sit down with this game and beat it in an hour and have that full experience without having to drag it out over a whole day or multiple days. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going along with that, one thing that I thought was really interesting is you have like the first seven or eight levels and it's all on one screen. And I thought once I beat this last level on the screen, like the game is over and the plot was kind of taking you there. Like you thought like you were going to rescue Gadget and then that was going to be the end of the game. But boom, you finish it. It's a fake out ending. And all of a sudden you're on a (laughs) rocket ship. You go into space now, I don't, I'm not sure how a mouse invents a rocket ship that can go into space. I was like, oh, cool. We're going to go to the moon. We're going to go to Fat Cat's space base. You know, we're going to be on a, a spaceship or something. No, you go up into space. You come back down on a different world map that looks very similar to the first one. I don't think that the rocket ship was even necessary. I'm pretty sure all of these escapades take place in a single neighborhood, but... You got to fly into space, you land down, and all of a sudden, boom, there's three more levels, and I I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, the game's over. No, here's an extra little bit for you. (laughs) You like the story in this one, Jordan? Uh, You know, I was actually kind of surprised. I was surprised by the story. You know, at first, it starts off, and you're rescuing the neighbor girl's cat, and you're like, okay, interesting. The rodents are going to rescue a cat. And I thought that was going to be the whole story of the game because, like, they set it up like it's a Rescue Rangers mission. But no, when you're rescuing the cat, Gadget gets kidnapped by Fat Cat. So I guess that, like, all the cats don't stick together. Like, Fat Cat will sometimes betray the other feline friends. And then you're on a mission to rescue Gadget and you got to get to his casino. Apparently, he owns a casino. And you get there, you rescue her, you ride the rocket ship, and then you're chasing him down. And then it's just like pure revenge. You want to go like beat him up again, I guess. I'm not really sure. <laughs> the last, uh, the third act, the story kind of falls apart a bit. 
<laughs> uh, it's it's interesting. Um, I actually do have a point that kind of goes along with that as well. And it, it, this game kind of feels like a Rescue Rangers adventure. I feel like the levels and the story and like... There's things like you have to shut off these faucets by jumping on them. And all of the the levels and environments make it feel like you're small and you're actually like... I don't want to say there's some cohesiveness to it, but you do... I feel like I really was got this sense of like, yeah, this is like a Rescue Rangers adventure. Um, so, so I agree with you on a lot of that. There's definitely a lot of levels where they really lean into like making you feel like a small little chipmunk in the big wild world. Like especially the one where you're jumping on the the like water taps and you're closing them or you're you're hitting the light switch and like those things are appropriately sized. The first level kind of like throws that off because you are the same size as a trash can and your main weapon is like you're picking up these wooden crates and throwing them and if they were to scale they would be like the size of like your thumbnail like who makes tiny <laughs> little wooden crates like that and like the apples are pretty much the right size we have a second disney game in a row where you can throw apples and i actually didn't even realize <laughs> i didn't even realize that you could throw the crates like the crates are your main weapon in this game but it took me a couple levels to figure that out. I thought you could only throw the apples. But it is funny. The apples are bigger than the chipmunks. And when they pick them up, they you can see that they're like really struggling and like sweat drops are shooting off of them. And uh, they move slower. So it is cool. They do lean into their size at some points. But then at other points, they play a little bit fast and loose with it. How did you not know that you could throw the boxes for a couple levels? Because I haven't played this game one million times like you and nothing in the game told me I could. And so until I accidentally picked up a box, how was I supposed to know I could pick them up? <sighs> Jordan, did you know that you can duck in the boxes and let enemies run into you and still take them out? So once I was able to pick up the boxes, I think I did that on accident or I remembered when we played through it last time. And then like if, if you duck in the wooden boxes... It lets you get hit by one enemy, and if you duck in the like cement boxes, you're like you can keep using it over and over and over again. So I did figure that out, but they they don't tell you it anywhere in the game. And until you sent me the manual, you texted me the manual, and then things were a lot easier. <laughs> um, These old yeah. games do not really teach you how to play. You you need the manual. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess my. It goes back to the nostalgia glasses thing. Like, I've been playing this game my whole life, so I don't know what it's like to, to, to not understand the mechanics of this game. So, I guess I guess you're right, just because you have a less experienced perspective on it. Um, but I don't like it. You don't like my opinions or my, my viewpoint? I don't. I never enjoy admitting that you're right. Oh, cool, cool. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> uh, Dan, I'm um, sorry for saying something negative about the game that you love, but you want me to say something nice about it? I have some more nice things to say. <laughs> sure, what else you got? Dan, remember how last episode we talked about how a boss battle should be you hitting the boss three times and that's all that a boss battle should be? Yeah, that's not this game. Remember how we... 
Yes, it is. This game, every boss, you you grab a bouncy ball and you throw it at the boss three times, and sometimes four times, and then they they die and that's it. And it's awesome. That's how a boss fight should be. You should hit them <sighs> three times and then that's it. And you go. It's perfect. And you do that like six times in this game, and I loved it. Now, here's the math part of the episode. Sorry, everybody. <clears throat> um, Jordan, you have to hit every boss five times. It's five not three. Times? It's not four. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the same number as the Donkey Kong Country bosses. Um, Do you want to know why I think maybe I thought it was three times? It's because you're throwing the bouncy ball, and sometimes you can hit them twice because the ball will hit the ceiling or the wall, and it'll bounce back. And so sometimes you get a double hit. And so maybe I was doing that sometimes, and that's why I thought it was three. mm, Or mm, mm. I'm just not a very observant person, and I struggle with counting, because I can't afford the premium subscription to the calculator app. <laughs> or you're just very bad at math. That's possible. Any any of the... <laughs> um, yeah, five, five hits on each boss. That's definitely... Um, definitely one of the things that the game does well. <laughs> That's what I'll say about that for now. Um, the bosses were good. Like they each had a predictable pattern, something that you needed to do. They each had an interesting design, but they weren't like overly complicated. Like you pick up the bouncy ball, you chuck it at the thing, and you you try to dodge the stuff it's throwing at you. I liked I it. I didn't have to like waste lives trying to figure out any patterns. <laughs> I have a feeling we may get into that later in the show, just not in the All what right. the game does well segment. <laughs> All right. Well, I have more to say about the bosses because I thought that the music in this game was really good. Um, Oh, Jordan. But, but Dan, the music that stood out to me the most in this game was the boss music. And I couldn't put my finger on it for the longest time. I was like, why does this boss music sound good or like sound so good? And like, why is it like, I I didn't grow up playing this game, but the, the, the song was so memorable to me and then I realized what it was and that it's that the boss battle theme in this game is basically the wild Pokemon battle theme from Gen 1 and whoever the the composer was for Pokemon just straight up ripped this song off. Now I haven't heard that Pokemon song in a while so I don't know it off of the top of my head but uh, I believe you. Um, this th- I've played this game so much that it's like this music again is just seared into my brain. Um, I'm sure I, that in about two seconds of hearing the the first few notes of the Pokemon song, it would probably come to me. But I just can't speak to that right this second. Man, I uh, I even like went on YouTube and compared the two, and I'm and I was like googling. I kept googling and I kept using like different search terms. I was trying to figure out like why is nobody talking about this? But the internet is silent when it comes to this controversy. And my only thing I can think about <laughs> is that the composer. <laughs> Or Game Freak or Nintendo. Somebody out there is paying hush money and deleting stuff off of Google. So I need to make a post about it. I need to make a post about it so we can get some of that hush money because um, I don't want to be left out. If there's And now we're probably going to have to delete this podcast to get that hush money, but I think it's worth it. <laughs> hush money, worth it or worthless. Our next episode brought to you by Hush Money. Anyways, Jordan, uh, on the whole, though, 
the music in this game is absolutely one of my favorite things in it. Uh, Probably one of my favorite NES soundtracks of all time. Possibly one of my favorite game soundtracks. Every time I come back to this game, it makes me so happy just to hear all the songs in this game. (laughs) Now, Dan, the the Rescue Rangers TV show theme song plays at the very end when you beat it. But do they play that any other time throughout the game or is it only there? Uh, It's the title screen. Okay, it's on the title screen too. Because that's a good version. It's kind of a waste if it's only at the end. Yeah, it's the beginning and the end. Just like a real episode of Rescue Rangers. Nice. Uh, another thing that I have that the game does well is uh, that it has co-op. You know, as I said, we played this together a while ago for our Desert Island list. And yep. uh, it's always, it's just, it's a great co-op game, especially because you can pick up your friend and throw them in pits. Or <laughs> you can pick a, you can pick up your, your deadbeat friend who can't do anything right and carry them throughout the game. Um, yeah, co-op, uh, always, always welcome. Yeah. Like actual real co-op, not none of this, like player one plays a level and then player two can play a level. That's, that's not real two player. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, and another thing that I like about the co-op is when you get, I don't know what the actual number of flowers is. You pick up flowers and stars and you get extra lives in this game. And depending on. I think it might be 50, it might be 100. But when you get like 100 flower coin things, there's a star that will come floating across the screen. And one of the nice things about co-op is if your friend is struggling, you can let your friend get extra one-ups by you collecting the flowers. So that's another nice little little touch. I think it's 40 flowers and 10 stars. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I don't know either. But a nice thing is you can hit the the select button. This is one of the rare NES games that actually utilizes the select button in the gameplay. And it'll bring up a screen that shows you how many of each thing you've collected, which was nice. I did that on accident, but it was cool. (laughs) What didn't you do by accident in this game? (laughs) I accidentally beat this game somehow. That's saying something. I know. That's unlike me. Extremely unlikely. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Um, I didn't even have to cheat. (laughs) It's a a miracle when we beat an NES game without cheating. I know. I didn't have to go on YouTube and watch the ending. Jordan. Dan. We beat a game. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm kind (laughs) of like blown away. It's amazing. It's a miracle. I think it was a combination of it being easy and being short, and that was what my attention span and skill set needed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, All right, I have one last point about what the game did well. All right, let's hear it. And uh, I think that the box mechanic is interesting and unique, and I can't think of another game that I've ever seen this kind of mechanic in, where you're picking a box. Metal Gear Solid. No, Jordan. If you hide guy in boxes, Jordan, if a guy runs into you in Metal Gear Solid, you don't kill him. You get discovered in this game. I don't game, think anything gets killed in this game. It, well, it faints. It faints. If you, you remember like in Donkey Kong Country, how we talked about when you kill a bad guy in Donkey Kong Country, they drop through the floor into like some different plane of reality in this game. <laughs> when you when you hit a bad guy your box or your whatever your weapon 
it 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 does the opposite. It it is relieved of the laws of physics and it shoots off the top of the screen. It doesn't just disappear. <laughs> it like actually like it ascends into heaven. And so every time when you use a weapon, like you are releasing its soul into the ether. And I thought that that was really beautiful. <laughs> uh, it was it was really beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, I'm trying to explain the box mechanic, Jordan. Um, you pick up these boxes and you can throw them and they'll go, you know, all the way across the screen or you can duck inside them and, uh, ascend enemies if they hit you or you can throw them straight up in the air. Yeah. And, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know of another game with this mechanic off the top of my head, um, which again, just helps this game stand out. Now there are just like a lot of boxes in this game. So a lot of your time is just spent like mashing the B button and like throwing, you know, piles of, of 20 boxes because they're, they'll put like stars or flowers or acorns, which give you health back. Um, they hide stuff in the boxes. So you always want to throw them, but I don't know. It's, it's, that's a really weird a, thing to put on your, yes. what this game does well list. I'm very ambivalent about the boxes. They they are there. There are some the, boxes in this game. A Jordan, lot of boxes the, in this game. The reason it's on the what the game does well list is because it's a unique mechanic. It is a unique mechanic. It is. All right. Was it the last thing on your what the game does well list? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. All right. All right, let's light this game up. Let's really dig into what we hate about it. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding because I don't really have a ton of things, but I do have a few things. So we talked about in the intro, if, oh man, that intro, um, we talked about how there are some puzzles in this game and I feel like the game should have leaned into that a little bit more. You have some puzzles where you're picking up these um uh, cement blocks and you have to like stack them to be able to get to different parts of the level. Oh you have these goodness. on off switches that you have to like um, throw boxes at to activate. You have the water taps and I thought that it was cool that they had some of that stuff but it was pretty few and far between and when it seemed like there was a lot of opportunity to do more of that stuff and they didn't really lean into it as much as I hoped they would. At first I thought you were joking about it being a puzzle platformer and now you're talking about actual thinking there's puzzles in it cuz I was like what puzzles is he talking about and I don't feel like any Bro, of those there's things puzzles. are No, there's not. So the the steel the steel boxes can stack in a weird way yeah. where if you put, you know, uh, you stack 3 up and then you grab another one, you'll grab like the second one in the pile and the third one will stay floating in the air. And they can just break the laws of physics. And occasionally you have to do yeah. that to get to a, a high up platform. It does make you do that. You also have the switches and you have the the water taps. And there's 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 a couple other ones in the, the last couple levels that I didn't write down. But there's some puzzles in this game, Dan. Those aren't Simple puzzles, puzzles, but Jordan. puzzles nonetheless. No, hitting a switch okay. is not a puzzle. Throwing a box at a lever is not a puzzle. It's just not. Agree to disagree. 
Oh, like man. 90% of the puzzles in Breath of the Wild were like hit that switch. And sure, you had to do it in a creative way, but you had to hit a switch. And this is basically the same. It's like, got to hit the switch. <laughs> you just, you said got to hit the switch and my, my brain immediately went to the Pokemon theme song. <laughs> got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> got to hit the switch. All right. All right. Okay. So you don't. You don't think that that's a legitimate critique of the game. So let me try again. Let me try again. <laughs> um, some th- Dan, you can't go backwards in this game. You Once you've moved forward, you can't go backwards, which leads to some things that I didn't love. As even It's not just going backwards. If you're climbing vertically like and you fall off of a high place, you don't like fall back to the ground and start over again like what happened to me a million times while playing Aladdin. No, you just fall off the screen and you die. Uh, It leads to cheap fall deaths. It leads to lost items when you needed something in that box and now you can't go back because the screen won't let you go left for some reason. And uh, the weirdest thing that I found that it would do is if you're on the top part of a level and there's a bad guy, you can jump. The bad guy will also jump and he goes off the screen and the game's 8-bit memory or whatever loses it from memory and that bad guy is just gone forever which i used to cheese away a bunch of enemies and i don't know i just i feel like it was probably fine or a limitation of the time maybe but in today's modern era it feels bad it's funny that you bring up that enemy thing because i actually have that specific point that sometimes the (laughs) the enemy ai is a little bit dumb and you can use it to despawn yeah. enemies by having them jump off the top of the screen. But then you can jump yeah. through the top of the screen just fine and come back down. It's really weird. But sometimes just, enemies would go off screen and then come back and get you from behind and they didn't despawn. And so I'm like, what in the world? Why are you selectively choosing to do this sometimes and not other times? Well, I think the the left to right um, level layout memory stuff is probably a little bit different than the top to bottom. Um, there are a few spots where you can scroll left to right, but generally you can't really? move backwards throughout the levels. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But generally, yeah, you're you're right. You, you can't go backwards. And then there are vertical sections where if you fall down, you die. And it's like, I just jumped on a platform to get up here. And now if I drop down to where a platform just was, I'm dead. Like, that's kind of a weird... Uh, weird thing, but I do feel like it. It is a, a, a due to the 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 limitations of the system in some way, where it just to have the levels. Um, because there's a few different like vertical sections in this game, and to have the levels be designed that way, probably you you wouldn't you probably couldn't have designed them that way without killing them uh killing the player for falling down basically um but yeah i, I, I that's true because you, you could do that in mario in mario you can fall multiple screens vertically well in mario the levels aren't i don't think as tall as they are in rescue rangers like i think if you laid out Dan, the map stop side making by side excuses for this game jordan you have to let listen me say, i like, was trying one bad thing about this game jordan i was trying to validate your point all right, please. I need the, all the stop, validation I can get. Stop being rude and interrupting me. Gosh. 
I was starting to say, Jordan, you're right. Again, Thank you. that's twice this episode. That's twice in one episode. I was just, if I get a I was third just trying, one, I win a prize. I'll send you some stickers in the mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, even though it is a limitation of the system, and I feel like the Mario levels aren't nearly as tall as the levels in this game, it is bad by today's standards. So yes, I agree with you. All right, Dan. I know that you don't have anything down on what this game did poorly, so Jordan, I'm just going to give you my true. third one. I'm just going to give you my third one, okay? and I'll, I want you to consider it with an open mind. The last couple levels increases the difficulty quite a bit. It, it picks up, and it was fine. I was ready for it, but there was one bad guy, and I don't know if it was the last level or the second to last level. There are these storks. You know what I'm talking about? The storks, Dan? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to figure out the storks. Okay, not- so what is the trick with the storks? Because you can't jump over them without taking damage. You can't kill them, and they place them right next to fans, so you will have to run into them and die. And I was like, this game, I had it down on here for the longest time, and what the game does well, that there aren't any gotcha traps. And then in like the second to last level, they go and put a whole bunch of freaking gotcha storks, and I, it made me angry. So they're not gotcha storks, Jordan. Uh, you have to hit them in the legs with a box. You have to hit them in the legs? Yeah, you just have to hit them You're in the You're going to go and half. introduce a new a new multiple hitbox, me- hitbox mechanic in the second to last level of the game well they're they're, okay so they if you throw them if you throw a box at their face they spit it back at you yeah Um, they are too big to jump over but did you also did you ever notice jordan in this game if you're ducking inside of a box and then you press b you'll throw the box low instead of high no because the game never taught me that (laughs) so that's another thing um (laughs) There's a level where there's all these like discolored little spring boxes, um, which is like yeah. kind of a bad. What this game doesn't do well is like it's super obvious these hidden boxes are different colors than the other boxes. But um, they are the same color as the boxes that you pick up, so it kind of tricks you. A right. Little bit. Yeah. But anyways, you can knock those boxes out before they start springing by like holding down and pressing B, and you'll throw it. By the yeah, it'd be super nice if they would teach you key mechanics that you need to beat the game so I didn't have to um, just waste lives every time I wanted to jump over a stork. Yeah, I, I'm i sorry. That's all right. But it's funny, though, that you do bring up the storks because I literally thought as I was like fighting those storks, I was like, I wonder if Jordan figured this out or not. <laughs> nope, definitely <laughs> didn't figure it out. Didn't figure it out. All right, Dan, I want to hear what you have to say bad about this game because I, okay. I couldn't come up with a whole lot, and I okay. want I want you to just let it rip. All right. Uh, so I have that the stars and the flowers seem redundant. You have two systems of getting lives in this game. Yeah. And one is like these rare stars that are either in boxes occasionally or if you jump throughout the world, uh, occasionally a hidden one will pop up. And I think it's every 10 you automatically get a one up. And then it's like every 100 flowers. I, I, I swear it's got to be 100. It might be I'm 50, pretty sure it's 40. I'm Listen, pretty sure it's not 40. I just had a genius sure idea, Dan. <laughs> I just had a genius idea. They can bring this game back as a modern uh, 
shovelware game and you turn the stars and flowers into gems and crystals and every time you want to play a level it costs you 10 gems but if you collect enough crystals you can use that to buy a third different kind of microtransaction currency that you can use to buy skins for your Chippendale characters. All right, Jordan, that's enough of that. Um, that's kind of what it reminds <laughs> me of, though, is having like multiple different currencies that you use to get lives. It reminds well, me a lot of the strange monetization of mobile games these days. In some of the Capcom Disney games that came out, because I've been playing the Disney Afternoon Collection a bit lately, and um, some of the uh, those games, like DuckTales 2 and Tailspin, um, they have uh, like RPG uh, mechanics to them. Not RPG, but like Ooh. in DuckTales 2, you're collecting money and then you actually go to a menu where you can buy extra lives and continues, stuff like that. So I feel like Capcom yeah, kind of like ironed that. it out later on, but it would have been cool if there was like a little shop where you could, you know, even just buy lives and continues like we saw in Aladdin. Um, yes. But I feel like having I was two. I just about to say that. I feel like having two systems where you can get lives is it just doesn't feel necessary to me. Uh, <laughs> so that's one of the things I don't think the game does well. Too many options to give the players lives. <laughs> All right. I did not see that coming. What else you got? <laughs> I already mentioned that sometimes the, the AI is dumb and it can jump out of the screen. The boss AI, Jordan, is terrible in this game. It's terrible. I Tell know you more, said because I like the bosses. The boss AI is almost as basic as it can possibly get. And granted, like okay, okay, it's a a, a video game based on a kids' cartoon. Yeah. So there's some part of me that that thinks like Capcom was probably directing some of this stuff towards kids. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just it's so boring and basic and easy. Did you also figure out, Jordan, that you can actually catch the ball in the air? Oh, no. I just got knocked out by it every time. So, yeah, if you press the B button or whatever, again, in the air, you can pick it up as it's, like, flying. So, like, the first boss where you just have to throw it straight up in the air, you can literally just, like, jump up, throw it straight up, jump up, throw it straight up. And it's kind of like the bosses are, are for the most part, just super easy. Um, And I think it's just the boss AI was bad. It's just not... It's a lot. I I would say it's a lot better than typical NES stuff, where the bosses are just super cheap. Um, but it's almost overcompensating in the opposite direction, where it's it just it didn't feel complex at all. Man, after so many bad eight bit and sixteen bit bosses, this was a a breath of fresh air for me. So I'm gonna have to agree to disagree. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, next thing i have that is it is a short game i think it took me 30 minutes or less to get through this one granted i've been playing you it my did whole it in life 30 minutes yeah i was uh um, dan is that a is that an estimation or um did you use the official clock app to make sure your time was accurate <laughs> uh well this is the second time i've been playing this game this week so i was kind of warmed up when i played it today but the other day i was capturing some footage for it and i was in like I don't know. I, I set a timer for 20 minutes because I'm like, I'm going to get 20 minutes of footage and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. And I was on the second to last level in 20 minutes. Now, granted, I was using Holy Rewind. Cow. I was using Rewind because oh. I was just trying to get through okay. it. 
but it wouldn't have made that big of a difference. I I really do think it was about 30 minutes. Dan, you um, should see what the speed running record is on this game and, and you should go for it. Well, one of the things on the Disney afternoon collection, I feel like you can, that it has a speed running leaderboard, like a time attack mode. And I think really? that the, yeah, I think that the, I want to say, and I could just be completely off. Um, but I want to say it was like 17 or 20 minutes. It might've been even Let's last. See, it might've been gonna, like 12, but. Oh my goodness, Dan. Do you want to know what the, the speed run record is for this game? Three minutes. <laughs> nine minutes, 45 seconds, 900 milliseconds. That sounds about right. What do you, what website are you on? This is speedrun.com. Oh, okay. If you want to get Twin in galaxies? the top, I don't know. If you want to get in the top 300, you have to beat it in under 21 minutes. Wow. So, I mean, you could get in the top 300 probably. I probably could if I put in the time. Um, but yeah, not not a long game. No, not a long game at all. And I, th- I feel like, like we said, there's some replay value, but I feel like at the end of the day, the game is so short, which kind of plays into the next point that I have, the final point that I don't think the game did so well, and that the game is super bare bones. There's yeah. just nothing else other than these whatever 11 levels. Uh, there's no, like modes i don't even know if there's an options screen um no no options screen you don't even get credits you beat the game and it's like a static screen and it just keeps playing the theme song on a loop it never even kicks you back out to the main title it just plays on a loop yeah another thing that i was debating on whether or not i should put that on what the game doesn't do well but it is one of those nes games that doesn't restart itself like oh you have to hit the restart button on the console to, (laughs) to play again or whatever um that's a that's a broken game unplayable unplayable (laughs) we're mad that we beat it and it doesn't even reset itself what's that about yeah (laughs) other than that jordan that is the last thing that i have that the game didn't do so well i think it's kind of funny that you actually had more things than i did well i was um i don't know I don't know. I was thinking about it. I was trying to figure it out. It's good. It's good. It's healthy I, I, to try to be critical of things that you love and to see them with, uh, you know, uh, balanced eyes and well, not yeah, allow that's just your it. nostalgia to overwhelm everything. Well, that's exactly it, is I was trying to be balanced uh, and, and trying to legitimately look at this game without blinding myself with nostalgia I think that if there's one thing that our our listeners would say about you, Dan, is that you are a paragon of balance. You have no problem removing your nostalgia glasses at all when it comes to these games, ever. What are you implying? (laughs) I'm implying that there may be some games that we've covered that you may have valued a little bit more highly than they deserved. Name four. I won't. (laughs) I won't disparage my friend in that way. Also, you Jordan, you can't even name seven. Overestimate my powers of memory. <laughs> Just because I pay six times as much as you would for every game. Yeah, that might be a good example. Every price you've ever listed for every game we've ever played. Even the bad ones, Dan. Even the bad ones you'll you'll say high prices sometimes just because you think you should. 
That's not, well. And that is why, Dan, that is why you will never be the voice of a generation. <laughs> uh, agree to disagree. All right, let's let's move on. All right, let's do it. So, what would you pay for the experience that you had with Rescue Rangers, Jordan? So, man, I had a I had a good time with this game. I liked that I could beat it. I liked that it was short and that you could take it all down in, in one sitting. I could see myself paying like five or six bucks for this game. Hmm. Wow. That's uh. That's like thirty for you. That's like thirty. Thirty. <laughs> You're translating dollars. it. What is yes? What's the inflation ratio from Jordan dollars to Dan dollars? I don't know what it is lately. Lately, I think it's been three, but uh, I'm trying to not say a dollar for every game. I actually had a good time with this one. I feel like five dollars is reasonable. Yeah, especially because uh, I think the Disney Afternoon Collection, which isn't on Switch, which is really silly to me. I have no idea why it's not on Switch because it would be perfect on there. But I think that collection goes on sale for really cheap where you can actually pick up this game with it. But it's PS4, Xbox One, and PC only. Uh, so you could probably get this game for like six bucks, Jordan. Um, I'm trying to think. I was I was having a conflict before we started recording about what the price is for me without nostalgia glasses. I'll be I the think, judge of that. All right. Well, I think so. My nostalgia glasses price, I think, is like twelve to fifteen, twelve, twelve dollars, twelve dollars. Wow, is my, that's is, your is, nostalgia glasses price, twelve dollars. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what parallel universe is this podcast happening in? <laughs> well, okay. I think so you're gonna say is- my 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 nostalgia glasses price is sixty dollars. <laughs> twelve well, is no. reasonable, Dan. Jordan, the game is fun, but the game, and I guess, I mean, it's not glaring, but the game could use some polish. It's not like to the point where it's what the game doesn't do well, but the game could use, could could use a little bit more love to make it uh, really, truly great. And I think that that kind of holds it back a little bit in my mind of just like knowing that the box throwing stuff feels a little stiff. Um, sometimes the buttons, you got to hit them a few times before they're going to do what you want them to do. Some of the level layouts uh, have a few cheap gotcha damage spots. Um, there's just enough here all where right, I'm so like, it, yeah, it all could that use. Damn. What, what is your non-nostalgia price? Well, and that was my conflict is because my gut when I was walking in here, I was thinking maybe like six bucks. Wow. But I didn't know if that was, I didn't know if I wanted, if I, that's how I actually felt about it. That so. feels so good, Dan. <laughs> I love being on the same page. I can't wait till you tell me that a game is worth a dollar and the world will just be so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if, if I'm committed to $6 or not. See, and I know, I also don't know 
sometimes I have this conflict of interest, knowing what games are worth and not knowing if subconsciously that affects what I say, whether I want it to or not. Everything subconsciously wanting the market to be yeah. right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that, that'll lead us into our next question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think this one's going for on, uh, on eBay slash price charting, Jordan? All right. Well, with your cryptic sentence that you just said, I feel like this game is going for six dollars. <laughs> uh, no, Jordan, not quite, not quite. Uh, price charting got okay. this one at twelve dollars. Oh, okay. So $12. it wasn't your yeah. actual thing that was affected by it. it. Was your nostalgic glasses that were affected by the price? So there's the twelve dollars. Yeah, eBay says it's trending at fifteen dollars. Uh, price charting at twelve, but it, it's right in there, you know. Yeah, I mean it's that's that's pretty reasonable. I uh, there are a lot of games where I, I would be like, nope, not not. I would I would say worthless because I'm not going to double what I said. But you know, this is a good license. It's a fun game. Um, you know, you're getting a a Nintendo cartridge with the game on it. I personally wouldn't spend 12 bucks, but I'm not going to call it worthless because I could see a lot of people picking it up at that price. And I would not disparage them or call them names or think them insane even, which is sometimes (laughs) how I feel about the prices people pay for games. Oh man. Uh, Before, uh, before, (laughs) before we quite move on, Jordan, the PAL version, $15. Oh, the PAL version. $15. $15. See, oh, so still still reasonable for our pals. Not a bad pal tax on this one, surprisingly. No. So if you live in Germany or Brazil or I don't I still am not really sure where the pal region is, <laughs> but if you live there, you should consider buying this game because it's one of the few affordable ones out there for you. Jordan, I think the pal region is everything that's not North America or Japan. <laughs> I could be wrong well, about that. That, <laughs> that makes it easy. I appreciate that, you know. Yeah, I, I think don't know it's why like ninety-five percent of the seem, world is the PAL region. I feel like they're not very good PALs for excluding us in Japan, but whatever. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, and that was part of the conflict of interest because I was like, okay, price charting says twelve dollars. If I feel like I'm going six, that's a hundred percent difference. So. I feel like I have to call it worthless. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which is the real what conflict is happening? of interest. I know. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. You don't think that it's a reasonable... Like, I know that you said $6, but you don't think that it would be reasonable for somebody to pick this up at $12? I think it would definitely be reasonable. <clears throat> and I think in spite of the fact that I'm like, this game is worth $6, I would go pay $25 for it probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I, w- I was all happy and fine to call it worth it, and then what is happening today? I know, uh, but that's what always happens. Is I'll come in here, <clears throat> I'll come in here, and I'll say, "A uh, game is worth you know eighteen dollars," but meanwhile, I to cover it on the show, I paid forty dollars for it or something dumb. Um, collectors, that's what we do. Yeah. Speaking of collectors, Dan, um, I think I mentioned a long time ago, not a long time ago, at some time in the last year, I mentioned that my aunt was moving and she found a 
new in box, still in package, like brand new from 1998 copy of Pokemon Blue. Yeah. And uh, I, I threw it on eBay for her. I've been meaning to do this for months now. I threw it on eBay for her thinking, you know, leading up to Christmas would be a good time to sell this. I was hoping to like get a few hundred bucks for it. And in under a minute, somebody spent $2,400 to buy that game. And I was just thinking, collectors are so dumb. I don't understand <laughs> what goes through somebody's brain that makes you drop like $2,400 on a piece of cardboard and plastic that you're never going to open to even enjoy the game inside. Blows my mind. Well, Jordan, I think... Um since you and I aren't the kind of people that have $2,400 to drop on cardboard and plastic, we don't, <laughs> it's a, I think it's a different world when you get to that level of collecting. Yeah, um, I, I guess. Yeah. So that, that's awesome for your aunt. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, so it's confusing to say that. the least. It's, it's, confusing. it's confusing to say the least. Yeah. Um, there's, Nothing sooner parted than a Pokemon collector and his money. Yeah, especially if he collects Pokemon cards. Yeah, maybe I'll get lucky and it was Jake Paul or Logan Paul. Somebody Paul who bought it from the YouTubes (laughs) and who knows? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Moving on, Jordan, do we have any trivia today? No, we don't have any trivia today. Jordan. I know. I'm really sorry, guys. It's uh, it's a busy month. There's a lot going on. Um, I've been spending way too much of my time playing one of our games that's coming up in, in January, and uh, it slipped my mind. So I apologize. Next episode, we will have trivia, and we can get back to feeling better about ourselves than Dan because he didn't know some insane piece of trivia. Yeah. We do, uh, we do have a bounty though this month jordan yes we may take some time off from trivia but we will never take time off from giving away some free swag so this month we are giving away some disney stuff because it is december disney december we are giving away your choice a copy of chippendale rescue rangers for the nes aladdin for the nes or what's our third one dan it's DuckTales. That's a copy of Aladdin for the Sega Genesis, not what did I the say? NES version. You said the NES version, no, you which I don't know that. anything about it, but I heard it's bad. It's probably bad. So yes, the, the version that we re- that we reviewed for the game, the, the Sega Genesis, Aladdin, or NES versions of DuckTales or <laughs> Chippendale, you can win one of those, your choice. And all you have to do is send us a direct message on Twitter or Instagram telling us what your favorite Disney game is. And we've had some funny entries. We actually had somebody send in and say that Spider-Man on PS4 was their favorite Disney game because it's <laughs> technically owned by Disney now. And I was like, you know what? I'll allow it. It's it's the Christmas season. So let us know what your favorite Disney game is and uh, you will be entered in, in a chance to win your choice of one of those three games. It's super easy. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at WIOW Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook or you can send us an email at Worth It or Worthless Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can also uh, message us on Discord if you want because we're doing that now. Yes, Discord. Yeah, Discord. And just by participating in our Discord server this month, you can earn entries towards the bounty. 
So yep. um, even if you don't have a favorite Disney game, which come on, you have a favorite Disney game, but you can earn some additional entries by just coming, hanging out and chatting. We've gotten some more people every week. We have more people joining us and it's a lot of fun. We talk about retro games. We talk about uh, all sorts of things. We have a uh, Mandalorian spoil- spoilers chat. So mm-hmm. if you want to just come mm-hmm. talk about the Mandalorian, it's a good time. Uh, we got a, a good vibe going on in there. It's, it's, it's a fun yeah, place. Yeah. Come join us on we Discord. Also, uh, we also recently started a Pokemon Go channel because for some oh. reason I'm I'm playing that lately. <laughs> yeah, I, I muted that one. I muted that one. I'm not. Oh really? I don't need, I don't need to know. You don't want. Yeah, it, I don't need to. You know don't want it spoiled. It. You don't. You don't need. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want any Pokemon Go spoilers. <laughs> I don't want to know. I just want to keep it a surprise. Um. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, the the Discord invite link will be in the podcast description. So uh, if you want to check that out, feel free to uh, come hang out with us over there. Hey guys, just wanted to jump in real quick since we forgot to mention it in the episode. The first episode in January is going to be Kirby's Adventure. Hopefully we'll see you there. Jordan, do you have anything else before we wrap up the show with our music segment? I think that's going to wrap us up, but uh, again... Happy Christmas, Merry New Year, all the holidays to everybody. We hope that you have a great December, and we will see you in the new year. All right. Uh, In in honor of Christmas today, Jordan, we've got a song from the guy who actually composed the Sonic Mania soundtrack. It's a nice combination of Uh, Deck the Halls with some Super Mario Brothers sprinkled into it. The track is called Deck the Bros, and it's by T. Lopes. Merry Christmas. We will. And we will see you next year. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs>